I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers that have been in the field well over 25 years. And with our podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you all that we know, our knowledge and our challenges and go ahead. And our foibles, that means our mistakes and our stories, lots of really good stories and anything that we can do to help you and your family create these wonderful outdoor living environments. Yeah. You know, as designers, um, I know that I, I try to take in other gardens, public gardens, um, when I can, if I'm in different states. And, you know, there's never a point, I think, as a landscape designer or a gardener where you've seen everything. And to prove it, Michael and his wife just got back from Butchart Gardens. So we're going to hear all about that. Yes. And that and and Roberta's so right, because, you know, even if you're doing this as as this is your passion, this is your business, this is what you do for a living, you need inspiration. And I had heard all my life about Butchart Gardens and I'd never gone. In fact, we tried to go in 2020 and then the, the pandemic hit. So this time we went and oh my God, OMG, that was what an experience. But, but let's start by Roberta has, and she told me, she said, you, you're just going to be blown away. Start to talk about your experiences. Well, um, so I was telling Michael, we were, I said, Hey, when you walk, when you first go in the gates, um, and then you go to, um, you're, you're heading towards the garden. You could go, you know, down below where there's a gift shop and then there's a restaurant. But if you stay in the upper path from the moment you're in there, not only is it planted with fabulous plants, but it's underplanted with combinations that are, it's like walking through a museum, a living museum of color. And, and she's absolutely right because that same thing, when you walk through the gates and you walk in there, you expect to see, okay, you know, it's a public area and it's pretty. And then you walk into the gardens. No. Hanging baskets of the most gorgeous hanging begonias, um, pinks and purples and the color. And then they have this water wheel and everything. Nothing. There was not an inch of space that wasn't filled with the most magnificent planting that you'd ever see right as you walk in the door. Right as you walk in the door. And just a little bit of history. This was um, a quarry and um, the wife of the man that owned it. And I don't. I haven't uh, I didn't pre check all this. But anyway, she was the one that started developing it into the garden because they stopped using it as a quarry in mine. And um, and she brought in people to help her. And it's beyond almost beyond description. You're going to hear Michael go on and on and I'll go on and on. But um, it's a garden that you can get to. OK, we're not talking about going to England, going to France, going to Italy. We're talking about going to Vancouver. And it's yes. Fabulous. So go ahead. Yes. And and what we did was, you know, we flew in into it's on the island of Victoria, Vancouver Island. But again, it's 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 really easy to go there. And you can even if you're on Vancouver, you can take the ferry mm-hmm. over to Victoria, which is a wonderful uh, fun. I mean, you're on the on the water fun ride. But 
we were told that you, you know, we were staying in Victoria. And so we took a, a cab ride to Victoria, um, to Bouchard Gardens. And we were told they open at nine. So we got there at five to nine and, and I had pre-bought my tickets. So I didn't even have to wait in line. And so they opened up the doors and said, you're a little early, but we walked in. And as I was telling Roberta, the thing that was so amazing was there were no people. I mean, when you get there first thing in the morning, there are not the droves of people, you know, um, so you're not waiting in line and there's not hundreds of people that you're trying to go in between it was probably there were maybe 10 people at the whole place so we had the most of the gardens for the first two hours to ourselves and it's there isn't a an air i mean it's mind-boggling as she was saying they it was a quarry and they used to do they used to make cement and they used part of the quarry for gravel and sand and lime and when the when the lime um was exhausted they basically they continued to to the husband was into building but they continued they had the property and the wife decided well, she was going to make it into gardens. In fact, there's a line in I was reading some of the, the history and one of her friends said, there's no way you're going to get anything down in the sunken area to grow because it's been stripped. And that is probably they call it the sunken garden. That is probably as you stand there and you look down one of the most magnificent spaces you will ever see. It's like a, it literally is like a tapestry. Yeah. You know, it, first of all, it's not a small garden, okay? It's not a little garden. It's, I don't know how many acres it is. 55 acres. How many? 55 acres. 55 acres. The other thing is, even when there's a lot of people, it's not like you're at Disneyland. There's space. There's open yes. space. And um, there's also a restaurant, and they also have concerts in the summer, you know, on the grass there. And it is magical as you go and, you know, it's they've got perfect climate, okay? Not like that. With all the gardeners, how many gardeners did you say are there full time? There was there they've got over 240 employees, but there were 60 full time gardeners working around the clock. So when we got there, they were actually still there. And the thing that blows you away is you won't you won't see a dead flower, you won't see a dead leaf. No weeds. weeds. No weeds. Oh, weeds. That that doesn't exist. There's not a weed, not a dead. Nothing had to be deadheaded. They were literally they start early in the morning and there's 60, as I said, gardeners and they descend on the area. And because they don't they have their own greenhouses, they grow their own annual color. So they're constantly pulling out the old stuff and putting in the new. So no matter where you go, it's always fresh and beautiful. And and what Roberta was saying, it's true. Um, it isn't like Disneyland where you're walking next to people. They the other thing that's amazing is everywhere you look, there are benches. You can sit down and you can just sit and concentrate and stare out and look at the environment. You don't have to constantly be moving. You can just plop yourself down there's bench after bench after bench all in these secluded areas overlooking overlooking areas so that you don't feel like oh my god you know i'm so tired i'd like to sit down but there's no place to sit oh no there's there's so many views and viewing places and just when you think you've seen a lot you'll you'll go into another space and you'll overlook from the top of a hill down to where the uh a lot of the quarry was and it it almost looks like a painting. I mean, it is yeah. so well planted with conifers and there are trimmed conifers and there's loose, but the the brilliance of it is the plant mixing, what they did and how they did it. It's just phenomenal. 
It's absolutely true. And it does give you ideas as a designer, even as a homeowner. I mean, it's interesting because it's not just green trees. They'll have Japanese maples of every red ones and green ones, but then they'll also have purple leaf plums that are dark purple leaves against these green leafed uh, trees so that you definitely can see something. And then they'll have another texture in there and another another shade of green. I mean, it, it literally it is a tapestry of textures and colors and um, flowers and plants and, and shrubs and everything under the sun. And when you see them and they blend them and mix them, so you don't just stand there and go, oh, that looks weird. Why is that together? I mean, no matter where, I, I took probably 350 photographs alone and my wife took another 150 because every place we walk, we stopped and we wanted to take a picture of the way they weed these things together. It's beautiful. I'm in my office right now looking at my wall, and I bought this beautiful um, print of a watercolor that somebody had done um, of lilies, and I bought that at the gift shop there, and um, it's so beautiful. So, um, like I said, there there is a gift shop as well, and lunch, and places to sit, but um, I was also going to say, Oh, another favorite designer who's long, long gone. Her name was Gertrude Jekyll and she was a, a British designer. And, um, she, she's responsible for the long avenues of perennials. She kind of brought that in from Italy. But the thing is, is she got into designing landscapes because her, she was a painter and her eyesight was failing. And so she started recreating in the garden what she couldn't do on canvas. And if you approach your garden as really a canvas that you could paint with plants, something fabulous. Of course, you've got to learn about what does what. But what Michael's describing in his enthusiasm is about building something that is a living painting. You say tapestry, but it is. I mean, it's just a piece of art, right? Absolutely. And the interesting thing is for those people that go, oh, well, it's all the same. No, it isn't. In fact, they have one area that's the Japanese garden, which when they when the Bouchards first moved there, um, that was the first area they had hired a uh, designer, a Japanese designer to uh, build the Japanese gardens. And you go into that and not only from the, the, the ponds and the and the the, the rock work and again the the quietness of the plant selection that they did were just I mean there were probably a hundred different varieties of Japanese maples alone and you walk through there and then you leave that area and then they have another area that's what they call it the totem garden where they have these big hand carved um, totem poles with planting around it so no matter where you go it's not all the same note they they just recently added, which is really interesting. You actually, they have this parking lot and you actually can walk through the parking lot into their Mediterranean area, which we could relate to because it's more drought tolerant, a lot of perennials, a lot of flowers and everything. But again, it was things that, that um, you would see in a Mediterranean climate versus some of the other climates. So as you walk through, there are all these different gardens with, with things. I, you know, I've always liked, there's a plant called lantana, which is vibrant color, but they had lantana trees that I was looking at going, oh my God, those were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they have a perfect climate and, um, a lot of water, but we can re we could reproduce, um, the beauty as well. The thing is, 
we don't have 60 gardeners. Okay, we, you know, that's why in California here, I remember after I studied so many gardens in England, I was thinking, you know, for my clients that want an English garden, we're going to have to do things a little differently. But if you research it or you hire a designer that knows their plantings, you could recreate to a certain extent that kind of garden. Now, what they have, Michael was saying as well, is there's a lot of annuals and annuals mean one year. Okay. So they're going to last a year or they're not going to make it through the winter. So anyway, if you're up to it and you love to garden, underplant with annuals, it's something you'll have to change out. But as we, as we spend more and more time in our gardens, I think I'm hoping that more people will understand that nature needs tending and the tending of the nature is a joy. So it's okay to put in annuals and it's okay to take them out and do some more in a new season and add more soil. So this is the beauty of having a garden, not just um, in and out and something to look at. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for saying that because as uh, one of the things I'm, I'm quote unquote still officially on vacation, but I did hear from one of the contractors. They had called me and they had a question to ask me and they were saying one of their our mutual clients were complaining because two and a half years ago they did the yard. The yard turned out beautiful, but they have done nothing in this yard to maintain it for two and a half years and now a lot of the plants are dying and they're trying to blame the contractor for doing quote unquote shoddy work and they said the irrigation doesn't work well sure enough he went back and he checked every one of the the stations so irrigation's fine they never reset the clock they never made you know they didn't fertilize they didn't do this they didn't do that and what roberta's saying is true i mean we have to be truly stewards you can't just put it's it's the same thing with your body you can't just eat something and then never take a vitamin, never take care of yourself, um, never shower, never shave, never this, never that. You know, we know what happens if we don't get exercise, if we don't do these things. Everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Well, it's the same thing in your garden. If you don't fertilize, if you don't prune, if you don't check, as the contractor was trying to say to these people, it's been 112 degrees out. Your sprinkler system, its drip system, has been running three days a week for 20 minutes. That's not enough to keep this, the, the plants alive. Didn't you ever think to look and see that they were dry as a bone? And, of course, they don't. So, I mean, it's 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 not if you hire someone and they create this beautiful garden for you. It's your responsibility as the the stewardship to the to the garden to take care of it to understand it's not like a piece of furniture that you buy and then you never have to do anything to it it's a living breathing um organism that needs tending and you have to take care of it otherwise it's going to go down the tubes right well it's very therapeutic as well and you know there are a lot of clients that don't want any maintenance and i create gardens that take very little maintenance and when it's time to get some maintenance in there you can hire somebody so i don't yeah. want you to put off either but it is it is a wonderful therapeutic um activity that when you put your hands in the soil and the more time you spend your gardener your garden is going to give back to you a hundredfold it's beautiful through the seasons. So oh, I agree. And, and as I said, and you look at things, what you can do that will still give you color and beauty without, you know, if you don't have the time and effort. I have to tell you, my yard is done and going to Bouchard Gardens, I already have ideas for things that I'm going to redo <laughs> and add. I mean, Elaine. 
Ryan and I were walking, it's my wife and we're walking, I'm going, well, I'm going to do this and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to add this and everything. And it's like, well, you're already done. No, 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 we can add more things. And it just, it inspires you because you see such beauty. Mm-hmm. And yes, there, I don't have 60 gardeners. I don't even have a gardener. The gardener is me. But I so enjoy working in the yard. And even if I can't do all of it, there are certain things that I can do to keep it looking just amazing. Right. Well, as far as um, our time of year, and we're I think we're still in the high 80s and early 90s, but I think we're over the hottest time. So to dress up for fall, go to your local nursery and fill up on as many different colors as of chrysanthemums as you can. And just start putting them in pots, put them whatever, wherever. And that will, I mean, every time you drive up to your home and you see that color, it's going to make you smile. So that's a little thing that you could do. And that's, um, how's that for a little inspiration after listening to you with your um, vacation in, at Bouchard Gardens. Huh? I think that's great. And then plan sometime or another to make a trip to Bouchard Gardens and yep. uh, buy your tickets to make it. You don't have to spend weeks. You can spend like two or three days, go up there for a day, t- uh, find a place to stay, take a taxi. That's what we did to the gardens, already buy your tickets, walk around. Um, you could do it in in uh, in a total of two to three days, and it's wonderful. And it's it is so invigorating, inspiring, and wonderful. And go to their website. You'll see a lot of photos, and you'll get a lot of information about where to stay, what time of year is probably the best to view it. The dahlias are happening now. Blah blah blah. You know, in the spring, all the tulips. So. Yeah, so we hope you've been inspired. I'm in, all inspired again. I remember I, t- I don't even know how many t- pictures I took, but I took hundreds as well. So I'm inspired to start dressing up my garden for fall, and I'm so inspired that we are over the 100 degrees. Oh, my God. So I hope you are too, and uh, I'm very happy that you tuned in today, and I hope you walk away with the excitement that Michael has been sharing. Yes, I'm Michael Glassman. I'm Roberta Walker. And we are Digging Deep. Deep.